0: Hello and welcome to episode eleven seventeen of the sleeper and the bust. It is Friday, December second. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I can tell by your voice, maybe uh, maybe not as all right for you. Sounds like you still got a little something going on there. How you
1: feeling? Yeah, I'm, I'm still sick, uh, and uh, it's uh, as a smoker, it's uh, it's harder in the morning. So I can imagine. Yeah. And we, we are recording at 6 a.m my time
0: yeah that's the thing on fridays you are up remarkably early
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's uh it is it is still dark here and it is freezing I mean legitimately it is 30 degrees right now Ugh. um and a, a a balmy 38 in my office at the moment oh my goodness
0: we're not even that cold right now it's a little rainy here kind of nasty give me, giving you me all the weather update on the Bay Area in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. That's the thing that you guys listen for. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, it's we are in in-depth insight. It's it's what they need, right? It's mm-hmm. what they need. The specific temperature day to day on every Tuesday and Friday, uh coming out of our cities. No, we're gonna talk some SPs today though. And I mentioned, you know, SP preview. It's not quite a preview, we're not doing previews just yet, but you've been working hard on your projections. This project, I think, is your first full undertaking of personal projections, right? Or
1: no, you've done it, it previously? It, I've done it previously. This be the first time that I'll actually release it uh, okay. for people. Usually, um, it's just kind of work I do behind the scenes. I haven't done it the last few years. because. Yeah, I knew so it had been busy. a while. Yeah, uh, but I really wanted to get back to it. I wanted to stop relying so much on other people's projections and and do my own. Um, but it, they once I am done with them, and I'm almost on the starting pitchers, Um, it'll be available for one of the levels on the Patreon. So I won't, I'll be releasing my ranks on, on fan graphs, but, uh, it'll be the projections themselves, um, and dollar values pretty much for every format will be available on the Patreon. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. So you've gone through, you've done a lot of work on these.
0: I think there's still some lower tier guys that I had written down and you're like, no, no, I haven't done projections on them. Let's not talk about them but the setup I did was 10 questions about Justin's SP rankings Mm -hmm. and covering a lot of like mid tier guys. There's some upper tier as well, but I thought it was a good cross section of the pitcher pool here where we're not just always talking about the top end, but then we're also not going so deep that people who don't play in like, you know, 20 team mixers uh, you know, are the only ones caring about those guys. So let's start with somebody that I've been an avid fan of for many years, but I share some of your concerns. So this isn't so much a, why are you like this? Uh, and I'm not, it's more of like, man, I kind of agree with you. And I want to hear what you think. Is it health performance, or I guess a mixture of both that keeps Frankie Montas down? 92nd is where you have him ranked. He's the 57th SP off the board, according to the early market and average draft position. At a brilliant start to the season with Oakland gets traded everything went wrong. Obviously people look at his home road splits and they say, well, maybe should have seen this coming. I don't think it's as simple as that. I think the issue was the health that was bothering him, but are you just worried that Frankie Montas can't find health with the Yankees? Or do you also share concerns about the ballpark, even if he is healthy, what's going on there? Cause that's a pretty big split from 92 for you and 57 for the market
1: on Montas. I mean, I think it's a combination of both one. I think that park does him no favors while. well. Uh, the Oakland Coliseum was one of the best pace, uh, places in baseball to pitch, um, but I think the health too is, is a really big question mark. We saw him really, really struggle uh, after after that trade and really before the trade. And I mean, this guy with a long history of health concerns. Uh, you True. know, I mean, prior to 2021, he had never thrown a hundred professional innings uh, at you know any level. So I mean, it. He's a guy that I really worry about his long-term health to begin with. We saw the health really start to break down again last season. Uh, But also, he just really struggled not being in the comfy confines of the Coliseum. So uh, I have a really hard time projecting him to go deep into the season in terms of his innings, which, you know, one of the things that kind of, um you know really popped up for me is if guys can't throw a lot of innings it's going to be really hard for me to rank them high or project them highly so understandable
0: um, playing time is king and you know that that (laughs) carries across pitching and hitting of course uh one minor correction on montas he did have 100 innings at at some minor league levels but in the majors up until 2021 he had not had a 100 inning major league season you know kind of that tower glass now situation Then he popped 187 in 2021 in the nice breakout season, and he was headed for another great season this year uh, before the injury got to him and really, really derailed him after he was traded from Oakland to New York. So, again, I I share the concerns, uh, maybe not to the exact same degree, but this is a guy, like I said, I've, I've been a fan of in past years, but I don't know that I can get there. That park change is massive, and you just have to worry about the health so much that I'm, I'm not sure i'm certainly not with the market right now i don't know if i'm as low as 92 but i'm not all that much higher right now I, on frankie Montas.
1: i was really surprised how low he came out in my projection so um and he's one of those guys that i might end up moving up in spite of my projections on my ranks and so and that's something i'm, I'm kind of toying with how much do i you know do i just you know run the do- dollar values on my projections and go this is what that guy's worth Or do I say, you know, this? I know this is what it says is worth, but, you know, I think DeGrom, I think Montas is another, you know, really good um, example of this. Like, you know, is he one of those guys that I move up or down because of the injury concerns? Because the projections can't quite 100% weigh in those injury concerns. Absolutely. DeGrom's another, like, he came out as the number one pitcher in my projections. Same. um, And, but it's like, there's a huge level of risk uh, on a guy like, uh, DeGrom that isn't necessarily there on a guy like Corbin Burns, and so that's why I have Corbin Burns first um, because of the level of, you know, the the difference in safety. Um, Montas, I just, I worry. I projected him for uh, 145 innings, which is just about what we saw last year from him, so I feel like that's kind of fair, mm-hmm. but the fact that he already isn't really a whip asset to begin with, trying um, and I worry about his ability to go deep in games and go deep into the season. So I can't project a ton of wins for him. Like, do you really want to draft a guy who's a two category pitcher? Um, and I think that becomes the big concern. And it's something I said over and over again uh, with some of these guys who, especially who have wit concerns, we're going to talk about um, another one uh, here in a little bit or, and are a bad team. So uh you know, I think that is kind of a big concern for me. You know, a guy like Patrick Sandoval is another one, right? Like I thought I really liked Patrick Sandoval coming into the off season. I drafted him on, I think my first two drafts. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm on the Patrick Sandoval train. And then I went, Oh man, he's in that six man rotation in Los Angeles. I don't know how good they're going to be to begin with. That's going to really limit his win potential. And then he's a whip killer. And like, I was like, can I draft a guy who's, only gives me two categories, especially as high as I've been drafting him, I don't think I can.
0: It is tough with that Sandoval whip. I've made the comparison a few times, but uh looks a lot like left-handed Luis Castillo, and if the defense isn't turning those ground balls into outs, it can, it can, definitely, it can definitely go sideways there for you. The only thing I don't know is I haven't seen confirmation that they're sticking with the six-man, and we currently do not have them for that it's it's five man on roster I I mean, I I assume don't know. as long
1: as they have Otani they're sticking with six man they, they want to give him that extra day I, mean. I don't know I don't know
0: I, I'm, I'm gonna be eager to see if they stick with it I, I think each year they've kind of loosened the reins more and more on him I think it'd be okay to to go to a five it would really bump his value too if you're not having to if you could actually get some two starts out of Otani and it might help somebody like a, a Patrick Sandoval as well The the St. Louis Cardinals, one thing that we know about them, amongst others, is that their infield defense, their overall defense is fantastic, but their infield Mm -hmm. defense is amazing. 24 outs above average this past year. That was six clear of anybody else. The Marlins and Padres were second there. I wonder if you think that the shift might have an inordinate impact on guys like Jordan Montgomery and Miles Michaelis, who are both 24 points higher for you than uh, than SD, SP starting pitching ADP. And I look at it now, I also added in 2021, they have 61 outs above average on the infield. 61. Next is the Mets with 39. That's the last two years. So they've been great. They also have great defenders, right? That is not just the shift. I'm not setting yeah. outs above average to say that's just the shift. But how much will the shift being off possibly hurt these guys. You've given uh, some pretty nice rankings to both Montgomery and Michaelis. Does the shift moving not concern you
1: at all? Um, I mean, it it definitely concerns me. I don't just don't know how much I'm weighing that in my projections. I I mean, it is weighing it a little bit, and you you do see it with guys like Logan Webb being considerably lower than, at least I thought he was going to be, or at least he was prior to me doing his projection. Uh, however, teams are still going to be able to shift. They're just not going to be able to shift as extremely as they uh, as they have previously, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to play like a straight-up defense. And Montgomery definitely is a guy um, who benefited from the shift, uh, but he actually didn't benefit nearly as much as I would have thought he did. It wasn't like an extreme amount. Like his, his batting average against went from like, um, you know, to we've got it right here let's see uh versus the shift um no shift was 288 uh versus the shift was 261 so i mean 27 that's, that's points is actually pretty good, good. so points.
0: so that's montgomery that had that 27 as, point yeah
1: difference. okay uh and i'll look up uh nicholas here uh as well i just i think it's really hard to kind of determine because we don't know how teams are now going to play this are they still yeah. going to shift but just not i assume there's something to shift they're just not gonna you know shift is extremely right they gotta keep one guy um or but or two guys on you know that side of the the other side of the infield
0: you can't put and you can't put like the second baseman in, in the outfield. right field basically yeah
1: so um teams are pretty smart i think they're gonna figure out um uh let's see okay so nicholas was uh his batting average was 279 okay. uh with no shift and 236 with the shift so another big kind of uh difference so maybe i should kind of uh drop them a little bit but man they're just so good and that defense behind them is so amazing um you know i, I think i think it was easily the best in you know in baseball like a- absolutely
0: i mean it's just been so good and i i like both these guys uh mm-hmm. michaelis and montgomery montgomery going out to st louis was like is really great fit for him getting out of that ballpark. And I still, I, I maybe foolishly, and I, I'm probably just getting a little too drunk on the uh, swinging strike rate, but I still see some potential strikeout upside from a guy.
1: I do as well. And and Nicholas is just a horse. Yes. Like I, I know people, he's one of the ones, like when I did his projection, I was like, Oh, like, I know this is going to like, like look crazy, but when he's, he's healthy, just, he's just an innings machine his and makes up for the lack of k's with volume mm-hmm. and uh uh and yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna rethink their projections and other big ground ball guy projections uh you know and maybe i should kind of uh kind of factor that in a little bit more but w- i think that people are overblowing the the lack of the shift a little bit and i and i also don't think we know how to quantify it quite yet
0: yeah. And I understand having some trepidation there and not necessarily knowing exactly how to factor that in. Cause mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I have have the answer on that either. I just, I, I don't know that I'm fully ignoring it, but I also don't want to overdo it. Cause like you said, they're still going to find creative ways to do things. You know, one of the things that was talked about at the Arizona Fall League was, you know, bringing the left fielder over and him playing like the, the mm-hmm. short right field type of thing in certain situations. It just kind of depends. So, We'll see. I would say just as a general rule to anybody, don't overdo it with shift reactions. You see some hitter, some article that projects so and so, some lefty to you know gain 40 points of batting average. Don't don't take that to the bank. You you can bump them up a little bit on on the hope that the shift uh, cancellation helps or the shift modifications help the guy, but don't be like, oh, 40 more points batting average. I know people love Corey Seager for that. Just draft Corey Seager maybe a little bit higher than you would have if you believe in that. Don't move him up to, like, the second round or something,
1: you know? Yeah, I just don't think that – Um, what, like I said, I, I don't think we know how to quantify this completely. Not with any uh, certainty. And, like, good hitters are still going to be able to hit. Bad hitters are still not going to be able to hit. Good pitchers are still going to be able to pitch. Like, you know, yes, are you know, if pitchers do exactly the same thing, now it's not having a shift. Are they going to suffer? Yes. But we assume that organizations are smart enough and pitchers are smart enough to make changes, right? Exactly. And, go, and go, okay, I don't have the defense here. So this is how I'm going to pitch the, this guy. Now. So Yeah. And there'll probably um, be some
0: guys who, you know, never fully bought into the shift and mm-hmm. they're more comfortable and they pitch better. Yeah. So, And the bottom line is you're bad at ball distribution. Yes, there are patterns. There are, you know, trends, but it's different every year. So you can't just take an overlay from, that's why that's always dangerous. And I've done it too, you know, home run overlays and whatnot. I totally get it. You're trying to get an idea of something, but never take that stuff as Bible because battle ball distributions change year to year all the time. Yeah. Moving on. Let's go to the top of the scale a little bit. What concerns do you have about Dylan Cease compared to the market? Now you have him 19th, top 20 pitcher. That's very nice. He is sixth off the board right now and this is another one where i'm going to say this is not me coming at you sideways i share the concerns i am ranked even lower than you right now but i want wow. to hear your thoughts on dylan Cease at 19 with the market taking him sixth among starters
1: this is a really hard one because i want to like dylan Cease. i was big on dylan Cease before the breakout um and so, like, for me, like, to, like, rank him as low as I am, especially considering what the market is doing and what he did uh, last year um, is really, really difficult for me uh, because Dylan Cease finished as the sixth starting pitcher um, and he's going sixth in the ADP. So you would think, like, hey, he's going right where he should be going. If he fully repeats. Um, yeah, if he fully repeats, right? And and I and I wrote up. Uh, I did an article for this morning. Uh, five SPs at my ranks or projections hate versus ADP. And Dylan Cease was the first guy I talked about. Right? Did Nick and
0: Pollock it, make you rank him here?
1: He did not.
0: Okay. Um, I just want to make sure because you can tell me. You tell if you want to tell me privately. You don't want to put him on blast. Yeah, here, no. I, I understand.
1: Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick doesn't uh, doesn't care about my ranks, um, uh, nearly as much as I care about his. but uh, uh, and I love Nick, but and, and I have the same all the same concerns as Nick. Uh, my main concern is he is still very much um, heavily reliant on two pitches. Uh, and when a guy is heavily reliant on two pitches uh, as uh, another guy who's going high up in the ADP, um, that I'm way lower on than the market, uh, even though Spencer people are
0: Schreider.
1: yeah Spencer Strider. When you don't have a feel for one of those pitches on any given day, it makes it makes you really easy to hit because guys just either sit, you know, they sit on that other pitch, right? Absolutely. Not, they kind of. One spit, thing I will say
0: about Cease, at least he has a true third in that does. curve, whereas Strider really only has Show Me, like yeah, five percent usage or whatever.
1: It, I think it's even less than that, um, and so. Uh, I, I worry about that. Not to mention, as I mentioned before, we were you know talking about with with like Patrick Sandoval, Cease is kind of not a good whip guy. Um, That's where my big concern comes in. And, and so now you're you know he is on a good team and that I think will win a lot of games. Um, I think they're I think the White Sox will rebound. So, but you still, when I'm taking a guy in potentially the second round of a draft. Um, or in the top 10 of starting pitchers like you have to with Dylan Sees. I want to feel really, really confident that there aren't super major red flags. Like, I don't really want injury red flags. I don't want, you know, production red flags. And I feel like with the whip, there's a real production red flag, right? And this is one I could look really silly about coming in, you know, or at the end of 2023, if he does repeat. But it's just a comfortability level, like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable about my SP one. Like that is, yeah, really the one position I really don't want to feel uncomfortable about.
0: And it's like, I don't even know that if he maybe I'm just because I'm also on the same side. Maybe I'm just trying to protect us in case uh, it does go south, but or or stays really good for him, and and we're quote unquote wrong on it. I'm not sure I'm going to be feeling any type of way like oh I'm I'm I'll eat the L or whatever. I'm not I'm not worried about uh, saying that. My ranking was wrong if he ends up finishing top five or, or six there. But it's so clear how this can go wrong. Dylan sees had a 260 Babbitt. Justin, do you want to guess since uh, 2017, so the last five full seasons, obviously not counting 2020 in there, how many seasons there have been of of pitchers? Or excuse me, excuse me. Do you want to guess how many? Pitchers have had multiple seasons of a 260 BABIP or better in at least 150 innings.
1: Oh, I'm going to guess there's only like three or four. There's three. Um, yeah, Justin
0: Verlander's done it three times. Jack Flaherty and Max Scherzer have done it twice. There's just very little chance that he repeat that sees can repeat at that level. And I know he's very good at, you know, being difficult to square up. He's got nasty stuff. He is somebody that I'm always going to kind of give a little credit to on the BABIP and the hit suppression. I'm not saying he goes all the way up to like eight hits per nine or anything, but I mean, he was at 7.6 uh, the year before last 2021 with a three Oh nine BABIP. It's not that far out uh, to see him regress. In fact, you kind of look at his 21 and I think that that is, is the sobering that you might need, not you specifically again, you're mm-hmm. you're on the lower end with me, but that's the sobering you might need to kind of understand the risk on Dylan. Cease. he put up, ERA whip combo. And Justin, both his strikeout and walk rates were better in 21 than 22. He actually got worse in both of those, but the hit suppression got so much better and the home run suppression got so much better that he had that brilliant season. What if those regress again? Maybe not all the way back to 2021, but just maybe, you know, they're, they're almost certain to both go up. Definitely the Babbitt. I'm betting hard that the Babbitt at least goes up to like 280. And that's a twenty point difference,
1: so I'm he, I'm lower I mean, on C two. If you look at like what he did, like in you know, he split up his first half and second half. He had a almost three hundred BABIP in the first half and a two fifteen bat in the second half. Yeah, like he I, got so nasty for that run there. Yeah, and but I mean, I just don't know how sustainable that is, um, it's especially not. especially when you know, like I said, like a guy who really relies heavily on two pitches and doesn't have great control to begin with. Like he can walk up, you know, he can lose that control. I just, I worry there are going to be way too many blowups. It didn't happen in 2022. I'm worried there's going to, uh, it will happen in 2023 unless he starts increasing that third pitch usage. Um, Like I said, this one could go horribly wrong for me, but I just don't want to have those question marks. 2016, by the way, I said 2017, 16,
0: 17, 18. Oh, no, no, it should have been 17. No, it was, I had it right. 17 was the, the correct number. But anyway, just so few pitchers having multiple seasons of 260 Babbitt, Um, it, it puts a big burden on Cease to be that good again. I thought the sixth SP off the board was a bit rough. So I was I was in lockstep with you there. Like I said, I'm even a bit lower on him right now based on where my uh, projections have him. Here's a good way to fold in the most recent news. How do you feel about Zach Eflin now that he's a Ray? You have him a hundredth among SPs uh and 123 is where he's going in the market. Obviously, neither of those have the influence of him now becoming a Ray on a three-year deal. And by the way, when he declined the, the mutual team option, his end of it at 15 mil, I thought it was curious because I thought he was a reliever now. That is not the case. And I was quickly, you know, uh disabused of that notion when I tweeted it out way back when, when he declined it, that everyone's like, no, no, he's still going to start. And I was like, okay, if that's the case, then I think he can get a pretty decent deal. And while he didn't match the 15 AAV, he got 13.3 for three years. You absolutely take that over 115 all day. So Eflin's going to go be a Ray. Anytime the Rays sign somebody, we're always a little bit extra interested, especially on the pitching end. I think he's somebody who's shown that he can actually Go deeper into games. I don't think he's going to be heavily managed on like a four inning type of thing. He hasn't shown third time through issues. Can Zach Eflin be a gem for the Rays? And do you believe he will? Are you going to upgrade him in your rankings?
1: Uh, I absolutely will. Um, I was kind of hoping he would sign a location like this, like just a place with a better home park discussed.
0: And I would have liked that too.
1: Yeah, better home park, an organization that really knows how to utilize their pitchers. Uh, you know, my projection only had him for 125 innings. Um, and so, like, I really feel like I can bump that up just a little bit, at least probably to like 140, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Uh, and I just, I really like what he did. He's always a guy that feels like he's on the cusp of a breakout. And maybe now that he's out of Philadelphia, uh, in an organization with the Rays, that he can actually kind of turn that corner and be just. Uh, a really, really good starting pitcher. So yeah, I'm a I'm a big Eflin fan. I really love this move for him. I love it for the Rays. Uh, they get a you know this is their Kluber, right? This is their guy that uh, they can Even say. Even better though, too, because I think they can lean on Eflin a bit. Oh, more and the and, and that's what I mean. Like th- you know, yeah, he signed for three years, so they don't wanna, like burn it out the first year. But like he 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 isn't super expensive, and they can pretty much go listen, we're going to limit some of our younger guys sometimes, but you, we're just going to let go. Like, we're going to let yep. you pitch as long as you're healthy and are able to do it. The question becomes how many innings do we think we're going to get out of him? It has been, uh, you know, since 2019 that he has thrown more than, uh, you know, 105 innings in a season. Yeah, so,
0: but he's 29. They're, they're not going to baby Zach yeah. Eflin. I think he's going to have a, a real chance to be a consistent 5-6 inning guy. Uh, if he's pitching the way the Rays Mm -hmm. believe he can. So I don't have concerns. You know, that's one of the first things that we do think of too. Yes, we get excited when somebody goes to the Rays, but then it's like, uh uh-oh, are they going to super manage his innings? Again, looking at his career, he doesn't have third time through issues, which is usually the reason that they limit guys. Um, He he is pretty much just as good across all three, first, second, and third plate appearances. So I don't think Eflin needs to be overly managed as far as his innings. And that's why I'm going to have some confidence in drafting him as a Ray now. I'm eager to see where the market puts him. Like I said, he's the 123rd SP off the board. If you had to guess right now, how high do you think that's going to raise
1: in the market? Uh, I think he'll move into the top 100. I don't know that he's going to be overly um, sought after. I mean, you know, he finished the year in the bullpen. Uh, I think people are going to have innings concerns. Uh, I don't think he has got. He is one of those flashy guys where people go, "Well, look at what he did it this year." Like he could be coming back to that. Like he's never really had that breakout, breakout season. I think we're all kind of waiting on it. And I think most people tend to, unless the guy is young, you know. There's, uh, I don't think we're talking about him today, but I wrote up Michael Kopik, mm-hmm. uh, uh for for my article today too, because so I'm way lower on him than the market. People are still going like he's still Michael Kopeck, right? We still believe in that prospect category. Zach Eflin doesn't have that anymore. He's 29. So, yeah, um, I don't think people are going to be like lining up the door and pushing him up their ranks.
0: No, I, I think that's fair with Eflin. And by the way, I was looking at his composite numbers on times faced uh, an opponent through the game. His third time through the last year. Uh, did jump up 570 in the second time through, 795 in the third. But for his career, first, second, and third, don't have a whole lot of split. I think the Rays are going to look more at the big picture than just last year when he had 57 plate appearances third time through. He's got a deep enough arsenal. I think they've got some plans for him. I'm not worried about him being that four-inning type of guy consistently. I like Zach Efflin. Did Reed Detmers' summer breakout not sell you? You've got him 79th. The market as of 64th, that's a 15-pitcher split. That's that's pretty decent. Um, you know, Not as much so at that level. We talk about that a lot. You start to get into the globs of talent. A 15-point split isn't necessarily huge. Like you're saying, oh, you hate him and the market loves him. But it's enough to where I'm like, curious what you think on him. Because after he got sent down and then Detmers came back up, his slider was on another level. He ended up striking out 78 batters in 71 innings. From there forward with a 304 ERA. I mean, he was awesome upon return. He also had the no-hitter before and showed some flashes. But once that s- slider came into effect, Detmers was awesome, but you're not quite as sold on him.
1: What's up with Reed Detmers? I mean, he's the same issue as his teammate Patrick Sandoval. Uh he's kind of a whip awesome. killer. Um, like look, look at his whip in the second half. His whip in the second half is 137. Um, so like, yes, the, the, the ERA was great. Um, did a really good job at, you know, uh, suppressing, um, uh, home runs, but he still gives up a lot of hits. Uh, he can still walk guys, um, uh, on occasion. Uh, and he's on the angels who I don't think are a very good team. He's in, you know, I still think it is a six man rotation. Uh, I think that really limits his win upside. Now he's a two category pitcher now. Um, I and I really want to like him. Like when I was doing his projection, I was all like Reed Detmers, like because I I was a Reed Detmers hater a lot coming into last year, um, and I I Definitely didn't understand changed. all the hype and like I really enjoyed watching him pitch, but I just can't get past that whip. Um, you know that especially when he did have the quote unquote breakout in the second half, the whip was really really bad, uh, and so. A guy who's only going to give me two categories, I just can't take him where he's going. Like, well, I just,
0: I, I, I'm reluctant to say he's only going to give me two categories, right? You had a 137 whip in the second half. You can't just ignore his 107 in the first half, right? Like, that that was a thing. And that was for more, I, in, I mean, I, more innings. I, I didn't in the project him
1: for 137, but like, what do you got? You know, I got him at 123. Um,
0: okay, that's not too bad. But I would but, say it ends up 79. How many innings?
1: 145. Damn, only a 16-inning boost? It's a, Like I said, if, if they come out and they say he, they're not in a six-man rotation, then, okay, uh, you know, he probably goes up to 160. But in a six-man rotation, like, I have a really hard time giving anybody on that team 150, 160 innings unless they're – Really, really good. And I, I think he is really good. I has that has the ability to be really, really good. I don't know that he's there yet. Um, so. I uh, um, mentioned
0: that you don't like the team. Mm-hmm. They were awesome before the 14 game losing streak. That has a way of demoralizing a team and kind of ruining a season. They were essentially four or 500 from August on. Are we sure they're bad? Six and 18 in July. Did a lot of – and 10 and 18 in June, a lot of that, including the the 14 game. Losing streak and the subsequent suckiness thereafter. Are we sure they're bad? They've already had one of the more aggressive off seasons. Hopefully, they're not done. I don't think that this is a complete team. But I look at this team, and I, I don't see bad. Uh, we had questions about shortstop because we don't think Urshela should necessarily be the everyday guy there. So there could be a move to be made there. But I mean, I'm looking up and down, you know, they got Renfro in the sixth spot. That's a pretty good six hitter in the five above him. I, I like too. Renhifo, Trout, Otani, Ward, Rendon, Otani, uh, Anderson, Sandoval, Suarez, Detmers. That's a five pack. I really like some bullpen. I'm not sold on it or anything, but they can build a bullpen on the fly. They've shown they can do that before. Are we sure the, the Angels are bad?
1: I'm not sure that they're bad, but I'm I'm definitely not sure that they're good. Um like uh and I I just don't I honestly don't know what they are. Like if I know they're not one of the best two teams in their division, and I think the Rangers are gonna make a run out of them this year, especially if the Rangers continue to make um starting pitching upgrades, which they've been heavily rumored on all the big name starting pitchers. So like I think that they're likely the fourth team in their division, um which makes me a little bit worried and, and tends to Make me feel like no, they're not good. That being said, I mean they still have two generational talents on this team yeah. that are in their prime. Uh so like I'm not like I picked the Angels to win the division last year. So like you to win the World Series. So i like, yeah, like it. um, I was a believer in what I saw on paper, uh, and I wanna still believe. So, like if they're good, I'm not gonna be surprised. Um, but I, I don't think I can project it that way at the moment. Uh, and like I said, the, the six-man rotation for those rotation guys, until I hear uh, they're, they're actually going to move to a five-man, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna project like they're running a six-man, and I think that really hurts a lot of their guys.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. Um, let's see here. I'm actually finding something. Pardon me for this delay. The Angels are going with six-man next year, and they have – this is according to Rhett Bollinger – at MLB, mm-hmm. he says they're going with the six man.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll, I think we'll I think as, if, as long they as they, they, they have Otani, if, if they end up moving Otani at some point, then I think you could definitely they're, see them going back. I, I mean, I don't think that they should, but no, or maybe the, they should. they'll get but, murdered. Um, just, just, yeah,
0: it's so stupid. Figure it out. You have two generational talents, like you said, F- figure it the hell out. Yeah. You absolute dum dums. Yeah. Are you fully out on Dustin May? This ranking says yes, 93rd for you. 45th in the market a lot of folks being uh you know buying back in coming off of the tj i have some trepidation because i don't think i don't know if he's you know fully gotten back from tj we only got six starts and they were uh they were bumpy as you expect from a tj returner 450 era 117 whip He had the standard, you know, looking good initially and then boom, blow up out of nowhere. I mean, it's 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 textbook. You know, he dominated Miami twice. San Diego ripped him for six runs, five walks and he walked three the next game, too. So are we out of the woods with Dustin May? Now he gets an offseason recovery. He's going to be well removed from it. But does he have enough innings for us to say that that he's back, you know, and what even is back because. He has all of 144 <laughs> innings in the majors. Anyway, and you're probably going to get into that. But what's up with Dustin May? Because you are way off of him compared to the market, which says you're out. Like you're never yeah. getting that price.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am out, and it's uh, this is hard because I like Dustin May from the skills perspective, um, and I, what he was doing in 2021 um, was really, really intriguing. Right? Like he's only five starts, but it looked like he was really putting things. He was together. breaking out, yep. like he was. He was keeping that high ground ball rate, but increasing the strikeout rate. Like we, we the went dream, from, the yeah, dream that we all had. Yeah. We went from he's like, look at these pitches. He's so gifable, but like he, give, he he pitches too much contact to, okay, now he's getting strikeouts, right? Now yeah. he's getting swings and misses with that stuff like that we knew he could And so this one could look really stupid, but my opening sentence um, on what I wrote for him for my article today is who is Dustin May? I don't know who Dustin May is. And that's like that that is um the problem. And he just has not thrown enough innings. I doubt that they're going to jump him from 30 major league innings to 130 major league innings. And for that reason, like I have to be out. Like I just he's just not gonna volume his way. I could look really stupid at the end of on this one. Like he like he has all the talent in the world to be, I think, to be a an SP one in a fifteen team league. Like I think he could be a top fifteen pitcher this year um if everything goes his way and he's able to get, uh, throw enough innings. But I can't project that. Like I can't even come close to projecting that. Like we—that's fair.
0: But if you see that kind of upside, should you have him ninety seven? That's some pretty rich upside. For just Dustin May, for you to think like, okay, so, you know, I see the 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 heights could be very, 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 very high. I understand your trepidation, but if you believe that there is a reasonable chance that he could even be top twenty, top fifteen, shouldn't he be higher than ninety-seven?
1: Absolutely, um, and he may or end up Excuse me. He, he may end up moving up my ranks just on that alone, and I also may uh, decide like, hey, I uh, I should bump up his projection. Uh, a little bit, um, you know, because right now I've done for 110 innings, but that still feels really aggressive. Like, he didn't, we 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 can't forget, he finished the year on the IL because of back issue. Mm-hmm. And while he was active for the postseason, he never pitched today. Yep. Like, it's great that he was active. That tells me they were willing to use him and that he was healthy enough to pitch, but, but he didn't pitch. Yeah. And it wasn't in relation to like, Hey, arm soreness. Arm. It was a back issue. I don't like back issues uh, at all um, for anybody. So I'm just. I'm very, very scared. I pick. You know, I, I project, Like I said, projecting for 110 innings, a 118 whip, um, in ERA of uh, 368, um, and you know, 10 strikeouts per nine. What so was it, the? What was the whip? I'm sorry. Uh, 118. Okay.
0: So, yeah, your projection says that you don't hate his guts, but the volume says that that's where your concern is, and that's why he's so low.
1: And, and like, are the Dodgers – like, if the Dodgers go – you know, the Dodgers want to be a playoff team. And so if they want to have Dustin May available for the playoffs, they're going to have to limit him somewhere, right? They're not going to let him go from 30 innings to 180 innings. Not and- 180, but
0: it depends what they do in the offseason how much of a luxury they have to manage Dustin May. That's yeah. the thing for me because, right, they, they don't have the depth right now. Of course, offseason – The Dodgers, they're going to – yeah, I think we'll they're going to have But they didn't have it this past year. They just really didn't. You know, Ryan the Ryan Pepios of the world weren't really giving them that depth that we're used to from from the Dodgers. And you look at it right now, they got Kershaw and Rodriguez gonsolin may pepio as their five they're going to get somebody else pepio's not going to be in there It might be a verlander mm-hmm. maybe a rodon hell maybe a degrom like it's probably well, gonna Bob, be a big maybe gone. bobby
1: miller is coming up i like bobby miller and
0: i didn't put him on here because i understand you know i'm not going to grill you on not having a rookie uh very high but you, you had him
1: well okay. i haven't done his projection yet, okay so yeah because like, he's only
0: at 200 yeah know, your ranking. so I a like little it,
1: bit, a little bit of behind the scenes. What I, would if I don't, if I haven't done their projection, then I use Steamer's projection for the ranks. Um okay. So there, there are going to be guys that like. You had a couple guys on the list before we started recording Um, because I hadn't projected, and so we took them off the list. Uh, yeah, and, you know, give you a fair uh, shake to. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't want to grill you for something that's not your actual uh, projection yeah. on them. I will grill you on this though. Most of these got to be your projection because they're all relatively high here. Why do you hate the Marlins? Yeah, except for Trevor Rogers and Sandy Alcantara, who are actually a little bit higher than the market on Sandy, just barely. You have him third; he's fourth off the board. Rogers, you have him fifty-five; he's sixty-first off the board. But Edward Cabrera, and then uh, more—he's only a small difference. But then Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lizardo, Braxton Garrett, sixth of Sanchez, which I understand, and you might not have done anything with him yet because he's still at two hundred seven. But the Lopez, Lizardo, Garrett trio—you are way down on them relative to their market value minus 12 spots for Lopez minus 24 for Lazardo, and minus 43 for Braxton Garrett you were not sold on Braxton Garrett's uh you know little showcase last year
1: we're we're going to throw Braxton Garrett out cuz i haven't done his projections okay. so that's actually steamers um uh they, shitty they were projection not, of him yeah they were not yeah.
0: although i will say looking at it he's not projected for a rotation spot right now either Alcantara Lopez Lazardo Cabrera Rogers. you gotta
1: think they trade someone like it just you, to. I, you gotta get
0: I, it, uh, some hitting for a pitcher, yeah. right like you, you yeah. gotta 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 I totally agree there uh okay so we'll throw Garrett off to the side there you're not uh, that's not really your ranking but Lazardo Lopez you're still pretty low on relative to the market minus 12 for Lopez minus 24 for Lazardo what's up with those two?
1: Um, Lizardo, I think on a per inning basis is, is can be electric and, and just be a a really, really good pitcher. Um, I have, I had a really hard time kind of, uh, giving him a ton more innings. Like I know, like we should expect some sort of jump, but he's a guy who's really struggled to stay healthy. Um, this was the first time he's gone over a hundred, uh, innings at the major league level. And he threw a hundred point one. He's had a long track record of injuries. Um, in a long track record of inconsistency, the inconsistency wasn't as big of an issue this year. He did a really good job in home run suppression. Uh, He actually uh, like lower the walk rate, uh, you know, versus um, 20, uh, 20, uh, 21. Mm -hmm. I I think the main issue for me was, do I expect the width to stay as sparkling as it was in 2022? And, um what what's the innings so i projected him for 135 innings and i think that really hurt his value especially being on the marlins um it's hard to project him for double digit wins and i so i didn't <laughs> that's um, true that's definitely uh, true and you know one of the things you and i talked about um a few days ago while we were kind of just discussing through some of our projections is the fact that wins move the needle a ton yes um and so why do i hate the marlins cuz i don't think the marlins are going to be very good I think that, they, that makes if sense. they, if they add a bunch of offense, like if like, if they're a team that ends up with a Carlos Correa or like, you know, and they make a trade, let's say for a, a, or an a second, outfielder or something. Or another third baseman, yeah. Um, you know, like then, Hey, maybe I start going, okay. I can start thinking of them as a team that could win, you know, 80 plus games. Um, uh, but at the moment I, you know, they've got, like, six good-ish starting pitchers or great-to-good-ish starting pitchers. Um, They might win 70 games. You start doing that division and you go, oh, relievers are going to win games too. Like, there's not enough wins to go around on this Marlins team, and I think that really, really hurts them. Um, You know, even, like, Sandy Alcantara, like, yes, I have him very high in my ranks, but when I just run my straight projection numbers – I don't know that I don't believe he's a top 10 starting pitcher. Um, oh, yeah. Even with 215 innings projected, the most what? I projected in Major League Baseball. What are the, um, what are the ratios there then? Um, the ratios on Alcantara um, I have him a 101 whip uh, and uh, a 301 ERA.
0: How the hell is that not top ten? That's impossible. That's impossible.
1: What you have two wins. I have them for thirteen wins. I, I, I'll bring up the, my projection, my uh, my the uh, the calculator right now. All of those are you know, better like, than mine.
0: And again, I haven't done as many projections as you, but I've done a lot of top end guys. And Sandy comes out at seven for me. So yeah. I'm wondering if something got messed up in the. He might have been.
1: He might have been. He should still be top 10. He's probably still top 10, but, okay. he, but he wasn't top. I don't believe he was top. Oh, no, he wasn't. He was fifth. He was fifth. He was fifth. Um, okay, okay. So. that makes. Oof, I, was, I was. He but wasn't. You, would think, you think a guy who I'm projecting for two most innings. innings with sparkling ratio yes. would be the number one guy? Um, well,
0: and that's because his innings count, right? Or, or, uh, not his innings count, excuse me. His strikeout rate. He strikeouts and, and
1: wins. wins. Yeah. I, I can't project, like, I have to project more wins for Corbin Burns. I actually didn't project more wins for, for Derek Cole necessarily. Um, But like is really, really hard. Like I was like, I feel like he should be in consideration for that top overall spot considering the level of safety. Um, And so I ended up moving him up from five uh, to three, up to three. Um, And I think there is an argument that you could be, you should be taking him two or even one. Yeah. Uh, just because the level of volume you get from him is is so insane, and the level of safety I think is so insane. So, um, but, but I think Alcantara has strikeout upside too. I mean, you talk about yeah. nasty stuff. Like, but who like,
0: would be surprised to be added a bunch of K's.
1: But if so, if we go back to the original questions, why do I hate the other Marlins? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have those level, or if you see those concerns, you know, of them pitching for a bad team, even though it's a great park. Um, with a guy with a zero red flags, like Alcantara really has zero red flags to me um, or no more red flags than any other starting pitcher pitcher would have. Like you really start to worry about the guys you do have red flags with or questions on. I love Pablo Lopez, you know, moving on to Lopez, mm-hmm. but his injury history sucks. Um, like true. you stayed healthy this year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he gave us, he gave us a good one, but I understand. I'm not going to say that that means he's, You know, Mister Health. Now, not by by no stretch would I feel that comfortable on Pablo Lopez, just based off of one year of staying healthy. It was nice to see, though.
1: Yeah, and but at the same time, we when he did go deep into the season, he really struggled. Like you know, he he had a four ninety seven second half ERA um, and a one thirty WHIP in the second half. Like it's hard because like you go, we finally got the length from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the season went down, he, he really weared down. Um, and so you got to wonder how much on a bad team, like, is that, is that indicative of he was actually hurt and just pitched through this time as opposed to going to the IEL is he just doesn't have the experience, uh, that late in the season because he's never really been able to get there. Um, or is this a sign of something else? And, you know, all those red flags and question marks went, I got to, like, temper my expectations a little bit. I, I want to love Pablo Lopez. I have loved Pablo Lopez in the past. But, again, like, as I said, you know, earlier on in this episode, when I'm drafting SP2s, SP3s, you know, even SP4s, I, I want to feel confident and comfortable with the guys I Because everything can go wrong in an instant with pitching. We saw this with, like, Lucas Giolito and, like, like right just guys you Mm -hmm. know sometimes guys arms blow up sometimes guys just forget how to pitch um and so like with all the uncertainty that can happen in starting pitching I don't want to invite any more onto my rosters and and my uh my projections with these guys um kind of say that uh as far as Edward Cabrera goes I don't think I am low on Edward Cabrera I I like I've already drafted him this year um no your
0: differences on him weren't uh yeah so um, right oh, yeah, that's five spots that's nothing but I
1: was honestly you know you, you said like you know I was fine on on Rogers I actually felt like I was like damn it I want to like Rogers again and I feel like I'm low on him again um,
0: 50 55 and 61 is where he's going in the yeah. market so you're still a little bit above where the going just, on him
1: I think that just speaks to how deep starting pitching is this year um because we're talking about a guy who I had as a top 15 starting pitcher coming into last year, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I gave him a bad projection. And he came out 55th. Uh, that just tells you how strong the position is. Yeah, uh, that that he could
0: have a lesser projection, or, or I mean, what you think is good projection, and still Trevor Rogers is only 55th. I am very eager to see how the market treats him, and I do think he's one of those guys that could have a huge spring surge if he's looking like the Trevor Rogers of 21 in spring let's mm-hmm. move on to another lower tier team but this this one's on the rise we don't know if they're good yet but uh, the Baltimore Orioles had a pretty good season this year 83 and 79 they appear to have the old green arrow next to their next to their name as a team that is coming into their own to that end do you think Kyle Bradish is a breakout candidate you have him 73rd with the market taking him 106 I happen to like Kyle Bradish myself he's one of those young pitchers that you know 490 era 140 whip nobody's uh, getting too excited looking at the composite numbers but if you dig in a little bit and you see what was going on with him there were some positives and he did ruin it a little bit there at the end a seven and running two and a third at boston hey thanks a lot for that on my main event team really really helped me uh get kicked out of the money thank you kyle bradish i'm not holding <laughs> it against him though i do still like him Uh, The funny thing was that was after eight and two thirds scoreless, 10 strikeouts against Houston. He then got blasted like that at Boston. So he was volatile there toward the end, but there was a lot of good in Kyle Braddish this season. It was just that when he was a dud, it was really rough. He had five starts of five plus earned runs. But again, your projections here see a little bit of a breakout. You're much higher than the market. Will you be following that as you're in drafts, maybe putting a little star next to Kyle Braddish saying, hey, I can get a discount here. I like this guy. What do you think of Kyle Bradish?
1: I like Kyle Bradish quite a bit, um, and uh, I was a little surprised how much I liked him. Uh, I think this really tells you, uh, especially when you start getting outside the top sixty or top seventy starting pitchers, the difference between seventy and hundred is very, very small. Like, yeah. if I showed you cool. my, if I if I showed you my projection for Frankie Montas, who we let off the episode with, and now uh, Kyle Bradish, like back to back, you go. That's virtually the same, but just yet, small tweaks. Yep. Um, uh, you know, in innings, in, you know, a couple, couple with here, here yep. and there. Um, thin. They they really, you know, I mean the like I said, the difference between 70 and 110 isn't really that big, even though the numbers seem so big. Uh, but I really like what Bradish did in the second half. Uh I, I you know, I, I think we saw uh, him sequence better. Uh, I think we saw him uh, kind of really learn how to pitch. We saw him go deep into games, like eight and two thirds versus Houston. Um, you know, yeah, the 10 strikeouts are great. Like, I love seeing the 10 strikeouts in that game. But to me, going that deep against such a strong lineup, to me tells me a lot more than, oh, he can strike guys out too. Second time
0: he had done that in a month's Mm -hmm. time, he went eight scoreless against them in Houston back in late August. And then did the eight and two thirds at home against them. This is Cal Bradish we're talking about for Baltimore. So, you know, I agree with you. I I think that we saw growth as the season went on. You look at uh, June, it's all sub five inning outings because they ran up his pitch count. (laughs) He had troubles. Then, um, from july 29th on after he came back from his injury only one two three four only four times did he go fewer than five innings out of 13 starts so i think we saw some growth from kyle bradish on the fly this year and i really appreciated that development on the other end you no longer think that john means business because (laughs) yes he's coming back from from tj and that is Definitely a concern, but he's off your board because of that, it seems
1: with a 213 or what is it 206 ranking. You got him yeah. way low. Uh, so this yeah. is another one I haven't I haven't done the projection on. Um and I told but I told you keep him on the list because he will be super, super low. Okay. Because I don't like guys coming off of Tommy John. I just don't. Same. Um, you know, I mean he had Tommy John in I think April or uh or May of 2022.
0: Right now, uh,
1: and um, and I just worry uh, that um, he is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, April twenty seventh of twenty
0: twenty two. So okay. So yeah, I mean, you're looking at usually like, I like want you. at least
1: eighteen months. Yeah. Um, but uh, usually even then I'm still not willing to draft a guy. Uh, I, I'll be back in on John Means probably in twenty twenty four, but. I just – there's no way he ends up on any of my teams. So. Same. Same because I feel like I'm getting a half season at
0: most. Yeah. And it's going to be a wobbly half season returning from TJ. So I totally get that. I just wanted you to be able to say your piece on John Means there. Does the schedule change worry you with someone like Brady Singer? You have him 34th. The market has him 55th. Now I like Brady Singer as well, but we know that the schedule is going to a balanced schedule, which means he's not going to get as much of that AL Central love. And uh, I think I've been seeing some grumblings about that start to crop up here that these guys in the central, both centrals, maybe are going to get hit the hardest because they're not going to get to take advantage of their bad divisions. Now, he doesn't get to face his own team, but he dominated the Tigers 153 ERA and 17 and two thirds. He dominated the Twins for 12 and two thirds, 213 ERA. He was really good against the White Sox, three ERA flat in 27 innings. Cleveland did bust up Brady Singer, 665 ERA in 21 and two thirds. But all the rest was really good. Now, he was good against plenty of other teams, too. I'm not here to pretend otherwise. He weirdly was beat up a little bit by Oakland, 461. But, you know, good ERA against Tampa Bay, Seattle, um, and then individual starts against other teams. But are you worried about somebody like Brady Singer or anybody else in those centrals not getting as many games against those weaker teams there, or is somebody like Singer good enough to where you're seeing him able to establish himself regardless
1: of the competition? You know, the thing I'm more, uh, I'm worried about most with Brady Singer What's that? is that I love him too much. Um, and that I'm irrational about how good he's going to be. I already had to lower my projection on him once Um, just because when I went back and kind of re-looked at some of the projections on guys who, like, were crazy high, uh, like, I had Brady Singer as, like, I think a top 15 starting pitcher. Um, And then, then, so I I tempered it a little bit. uh, and And then I still, even after I tempered it, he's still a top 30 starting pitcher by my projections, and I ranked him 34th. Like, I moved him down. Now, some of that was moving guys with, like, real, um, like, big upsides or things like that or track records
0: um, Mm -hmm.
1: above him uh, because he doesn't have that big, uh, you know, track record. I love Brady Singer. I don't care about, like, yes, some people are starting to push back on, like, the balance schedule, balance schedule. I think we need to stop calling it a balance schedule because I think what that does is give people a false impression of what it is it is a more balanced schedule correct you're still playing your division more than you're playing anybody else exactly you're just like from going 19 well. games against each division opponent to 13 games so how that six. yeah how that breaks out how that breaks down uh for every individual starting pitcher is going to be different there are going to be some people who are really hurt by it and then there are going to be some people that the schedule just ends up lining up perfectly for them. We saw this with, like, Kent Maeda a few years ago where, like, every he got to play every team, I think, in the shortened season um, in his division. Like, it's all he, like, went up against. Um, yep. uh, like, that's going to happen for certain guys in the Central, like, like right? It's going to happen for some guys on the Cardinals and for some guys on the Twins or on the White Sox or whatever. Uh, we just don't know how that's going to play out yet Because we don't know how rotations are going to line up And how, you know, when guys get skipped Or guys get moved up, like how that's going to Shake out like, Don't overrate the fact that like Pitching in the AL East Or the NL East is still going to be harder Than pitching in the Centrals Like it's just still going to be yeah. harder Because you're still facing those teams more often um, You know, it will it be as hard as it's been in the past? No, and you should kind of Account for that a little bit But don't, don't overreach on that
0: I totally agree, and it's it's a great call to say don't call it the balanced schedule, and I will make sure that I'm not doing that either because it is more balanced, but it is not balanced. Yeah. Just six games difference, just losing two series, which could certainly hurt. You know, you lose two series against Pittsburgh, and if the schedule gods are blessing you, that could be two more starts against them. Who knows? But don't go around making a ton of changes, so I agree. Don't You don't need to be moving Brady Singer way down because you're like, oh, no, he's not going to play against the Tigers as much he might still get schedule blessed uh, in those 13 games and get him three times. Where does the Sean Mania bounce back come from? Now I want to be clear. You're not super aggressive on him compared to the market, but you have him 84 to the 96. I really, uh, I really fell off on, on Mania this year. I I didn't even really have him anywhere. You know, sometimes you get burned by somebody and you, and you take it too personally. You're like, I hate this guy. He's a piece of garbage. Um, I, I don't even have that. It's not coming from any sort of, uh, he burned me. I just don't know how to feel feel good about him. Although I'm looking at his numbers now, and I'm like, actually, you know, 16% strikeout minus walk, 12% swinging strike. It's not bad. But he was a home run machine. We've seen home run issues throughout his career. It can- culminated this year with a 1-7 homer 9 from Mania, thus a 496 ERA and a 130 whip. Again, I want to be clear. You do not have him super high. 84 is not like, hey, I love this guy. But it is higher than the market at 96 what's up with shaman and do you see a bounce back with the padre or i mean he's a free agent right
1: yeah he's a free agent so i mean i think a lot of it's going to depend on uh where he ends up right yeah, like that makes sense uh, like he he could he, if he ends up in a good pitching location where he's pretty much pitched his entire career right? he pitched in uh in oakland which is a great place to pitch uh and then he you know pitched san diego which is still a pretty good place to pitch um that could really change uh what like you know what his projection looks like so it's a little bit difficult to kind of suss out in terms of like hey um i i feel really confident with this projection what i will say is if he was a qualified starter which i don't think he quite made it there um so what's looks a qualified limit so 160 um yeah 162 Okay, so yeah, he had one in 58, so he was almost there. So had he qualified, uh, he would have had the lowest strand rate in all of baseball. He got unlucky. Some of what happened was deserved, absolutely. Um, but some of it was, like, extremely just bad luck, uh, you know, guy, you know, not being able to strand runners at his normal rate. Um, and uh, if you look at kind of some of the underlying numbers, you know like his ex-ERA was 405 like like that's a you know almost a full run different between like what he actually had on his era and what he should have probably had on his era now the homers are a problem the injuries are a problem um but i feel like everybody feels the same way as you which is what you said about like, this guy burned me, so now I hate him. I feel like everybody's there with him. And I feel like maybe to steal the old Matthew Berry phrase, the hate is know where you're going too far yep. on Sean Mania. I've, I'm not usually a Sean Mania guy, but, like, he, he's one of those guys, like, hey, if he doesn't look right early on, he's easy to cut. But there are some, there's legit upside. I mean, this guy has been, like, a top you know, 30-ish starting pitcher before. So, like, yeah, if I'm getting him that late, I'll take the gamble. Okay. I I don't
0: think that's uh, I don't think that's out of pocket at all. And like I said once I pulled up Manaya's numbers and sometimes you need to do that, right? You have a perception, you you pull up and you say, "Oh, wait. That's actually not so bad. The home runs are a problem, but what if he goes back to a home run friendly spot, not necessarily Oakland, but somewhere that does protect him a little bit more, maybe then Manaya moves up my rankings." And to be honest, I also haven't gotten down to my projection on him, so I don't know exactly where I stand. Maybe I am closer to you. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on Sean Mania and these other guys here. 10 questions about Justin's SP rankings. You've done great work here going through all the uh, the projections. I know that's a lot of work, like I said, because I'm doing it as well. And it, we're, we're going by hand. You know, we, we don't yeah.
1: have a, a system. I'm, I'm not Derek Hardy or Jeff Zimmerman, like where I just like press a number or a, or a button on a spreadsheet. And, and it, it, all like, it all populates for you. So, Not Um, that they
0: don't put in a ton of work to get that. They absolutely do. The whole build up to when um, you can just press a button year after year. There's a shit ton of work in that
1: you know i i don't know if i should be saying this but i'll peel back the 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 curtain a little bit is we're gonna have really cool per, or really cool uh rankings up on the site mm-hmm. um and like just like i'm ready to go and i'm like oh slow down I yeah exactly give exactly. Jeff, like, Jeff. <laughs> like, yeah, me to the end of the year and then let's start throwing you them you don't up gotta be out. the
0: first one done in class making a so Bad um
1: and so though those of you who are on the patreon that are like hey where's the rest of your outfield ranks? I will get there. I promise you by the end of the year, you will have hopefully full projections on every position that it will continuously update. My ranks will reflect that. Uh, Those will be available, you know, live uh, for, for the Patreon subscribers and stuff like that. Uh, But just, just give me a little bit of time. I, you know, it's uh, getting getting sick right now. Yeah. Yeah. Really through, I would have been done with all of my pitching, including relievers, um, had I not gotten sick, but uh, I'm hoping to finish that this weekend, start on hitters early next week and, um, uh, and really start hammering these out. So that way by the end of the year, uh, everybody, when people start doing drafts in January and uh, February, they'll have like full up projections and everything for them. Yeah. We're, we're, we're
0: busting our butts. And listen, we know the diehards are with us right now anyway, yeah. and we're, and we're, we're doing what we can to make sure that we got stuff for y'all. Most people start to come back a little bit in January and like, and then super bowl is always that next big wave that comes in so but we got you diehards don't worry we're not going anywhere got plenty of stuff coming but justin you handled the hot seat well here uh second time we've gone through your rankings another group of guys here this even better though because your first rankings were just kind of your pass through Mm -hmm. now you're putting numbers to things and it changes so much when you start having to put numbers down saying hey I like this guy more than I thought when I put these numbers in or I don't like them as much as I thought, because these are the numbers I see. Patrick Sandoval was a great example of that, uh, that, that whip runs high. So great work on those. Probably start going through a few other things here. We'll do position previews starting after the new year where we really dive in might do some more review stuff, but uh, I always want to make sure that we got something for people to take into next year. Right. I like reviewing things, but if we're not bringing anything to the table that they can use for the following year, then we're just kind of running in place so justin go get some rest or feel better actually i think you gotta go to work yeah I, think, I gotta go to work hopefully, yeah unfortunately. Uh, hopefully you started to feel better and uh well, are you doing something on sunday with justin or jason
1: uh i would like to i, I will i will message him i i uh getting sick kind of through yeah that's, me, that's the thing this last you, weekend if you're so. still
0: sick you should probably just take off but otherwise i will talk to you on tuesday and i hope you have a wonderful weekend
1: actually we're going to start recording on mondays Oh,
0: that's right. That's right. We are
1: changing. So, We're going
0: to Mondays for for those
1: uh, of you who uh, are Patreon subscribers. Is uh, I, you know, you can watch live in. You know, I throw a link into the the, uh, Discord. the Discord. So if you're part of that four twenty tier, um, you know, uh, you can watch it. So we'll start recording. It'll be four p.m. Eastern and one pa- uh, one p.m. Pacific on Mondays uh, mm-hmm. moving forward for a little while at least. Yes. So three, three, my time. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. I did have it in my phone, though, so I wouldn't have. There you go.
0: Anyway, Justin, have a good one. I'll talk to you later.
1: Take it easy.